This is Gemma Redgrave, and you're listening to Gallifrey Public Radio. Gallifrey Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor, but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 476 of Gallifrey Public Radio, where everything you need to know is out there. If only you know how to read the signs. I'm Haley. I'm Jay. I'm Julie. And I'm Kier. This week, our SJA rewatch skips past all the actual information in the newspaper and jumps right to the horoscopes in Secrets of the Stars. In this story, a fortune-telling fraud, Martin Truman, is about to hang up his career when a powerful force beams into him from the skies. He suddenly gains a remarkable ability to, to see the facts about people's lives and possibly their futures. But Sarah Jane and company are understandably suspect. His powers grow with the mind control of people worldwide, seemingly based on their astrological signs, as he prepares to usher in the arrival of the ancient lights. Now Sarah Jane and the kids need to figure out what the real power is and how to stop it before even they succumb to the Zodiac influences. Everything, everybody is born. I wasn't. And I thought it was a bad thing until now. You had everything planned. All mapped out in the stars. But Luke's got no stars, no star sign. You didn't even know he was there. It was the only chance. The perfect conjunction. They're already moving. The old knowledge of the ancient lights will be lost forever. And I'll be lost without them. Before we delve too deeply into the story itself, how was Ronnie doing as a character replacement for Maria? She didn't feel like uh, uh, there wasn't a whole lot for her to do in this one, I guess. Well, she does stay consistent with what she had in her debut episode where she's questioning and she's, you know, True. she's uh, equally sus like everybody else. She's, she's keen on the mysteries um, and willing to roll with whatever strange things get shoved at her. So she's open eyed in that regard. I think she still plays the foil for Sarah Jane in some ways, where she's able to travel with her and kind of be the not outgoing of the two boys. And so she fits in well in some of these scenarios, like when they visited together, the um, uh, just like the couple places they went when her jacket. Right. And, and, and she like would that. volunteer to be the one to go along with that. She mm-hmm. liked taking point on those sort of an investigative. Uh, opportunities in keeping with the fact that she said she had an interest in journalism. So I think it's a funny trope that her mom continues to 
be unable to pronounce Sarah Jane's name or call her by the real name. Like the moms just can't do it. <laughs> That's right. Well, for first mom, Maria's mom refused to. Mm-hmm. I think Ronnie's mom is actually incapable of doing it or of hearing the difference between Sarah and Sarah Jane. Yeah. That's, uh, that actually tips into a good point, though, that um, the other benefit of having Ronnie in the cast now is a very different family dynamic. And I actually like Ronnie's family a little better because you've got the dad who we haven't seen. We got to see him a little bit with his uh, his uh, headmaster uh, persona on. Maybe that'll return again. But also the fact that he's still a very concerned and 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 caring and and doting father in his own right and a, and a good family man and all and, and mom is mom is less abrasive maybe that's just it maybe i was just done with maria's mom the nice thing about ronnie is she has two mature parents that are actual adults <laughs> yeah not right. skateboard skateboard dad and and uh, flopsy mom <laughs> So this episode had a a big concept at play using the idea of uh, of pre-universe entities. And we've seen this in Doctor Who before with like Mask of Mandragora or the the Satan Pit. But it's a really dense concept to drop into a show like the Sarah Jane Adventures. Is it too dense or is it okay just to, to wash over viewers who don't grasp it? That caught me. From the get-go, the moment they started breaking that new level of complexity, I actually sat back and said, okay, this is a lot for 12 to 15-year-old viewers. Yeah. If they choose to get it or or look deeper into it and think about, I'm not even going to go into creationism versus uh, any of that sort of thing, but just the idea of of what predated the big bang is a huge concept for most viewers let alone uh, a ya audience you also have the co- constant mentioning of physics this physics that if you don't even grasp the basic concept of what is physics and now you're being expected to understand what would be outside of those concepts much less aliens versus it's not even from another planet. It's from another universe. I think mm-hmm. it seemed a little bit big. I enjoyed it because it was a nice flip. But yeah, younger audience. It it kind of was a, a a bit of a flip, and it. I I feel like the for me at least it hit like, it it hit a little bit more uh, in the vein of, we want to be able to use horoscopes and stuff. So this is how we're going to explain it. It wasn't that it went into like a lot of details about how this is how things may have existed before the big bang or anything like that. It was here. We're going to hand wave it so that we can uh, horoscope. Well, and it's one of those concepts too, where if you get it, then you get it. And it's a fun, complex story. And if you don't get it, then you're just picking it up as another magic space alien. The, The original idea that Gareth Roberts had was to utilize the Mandragora system and pull from that far back but they decided they were going to have to make too many changes to it to actually fit it to, to, to a story of this nature and, and decided just to create a new adversary in similar vein. But yeah, I even remember when watching the Satan pit and thinking, wow, okay, this is, this is a bit outside the scope of what I would normally expect 
Doctor Who to, to broach upon. Okay, other other uh, parallel universes, okay, maybe that sort of thing that falls in. But the idea of just taking what was before us and a whole different set of science, uh, science-based laws and guidelines is, a, I just think, a, a big thing to swallow uh, or, or just to move past. And hopefully, as as mentioned, I hope it just kind of washed over viewers and said, oh, get to, get to the next splashy, splody scene. I think when you start introducing stuff that can't even compute, you have to explain it in some way that's going to be believably outside of things, right? Because otherwise... Plausibly pseudoscientific. So for the Satan pit, the TARDIS can translate languages, but it was outside of language because it was so old and before time. Mm -hmm. With this, Mr. Smith normally would be able to pick those things up, but multiple instances of... I don't detect anything, which was yeah. part of the big clue and some of the reveal. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. True. And we've talked about this kind of approach in Doctor Who, taking things that are like paranormal events and giving them an alien or other sci-fi explanation. This time it's getting applied to astrology. So that has a little bit more of a measurable number of believers to this day. Could you see someone being either vindicated or upset by this sort of explanation of sorts? I guess we'd have to hang our uh, varying levels of skepticism about astrology on the hook before having this little piece of conversation, but that's a much bigger thing. (laughs) My favorite thing is that they wrote it in a way to equally offend and upset both sides of the court of this (laughs) argument. Um, because <laughs> if you're on team, I think most of us are like, you know, astrology is bull, then it's like, no, it's real. And this is why it's real. And this is how it's real. It's like, come on now. And if you're on the side that believes it as a science that is just not believed by many, then it's like, they already have an explanation of why it is. It's about like all the gravity of all the planets and stuff. And this old magic from another universe contradicts that too. That's true. I, I liked the way that it was uh, brought up like it's like oh well this is this is something that all beings develop at some point like all sentient life forms develop this at some point in history where they look to the stars and try and you know draw some correlation or something like that so it wasn't specific to humans it's like every you know every species out there has done this at some point and it, it made it feel more like a well this is just something that everyone goes through as they develop kind of thing Mm -hmm. Which I don't disagree with. I think when you start thinking about when were the first people looking at the stars and taking documentation and how did that affect older societies? Where does the belief system come from? That kind of stuff. So that does make sense. But yeah, how much of that is turns into science and realizes like, hey, gravity's real, Eh, (laughs) etc. Constants, scientific constants, come on. <laughs> yeah. But it, it gets to fall within that same category. As, as said, you, know, you, could, you could see this as hedging their bets and saying that they're both trying to placate and poke a little bit at both sides because you could, you could fall back on the, on the idea of, well, you know, uh, magic is just science we don't, uh, we don't understand yet. And say that applies to astrology too. It doesn't really apply to astrology too. But you could say that. Well, I think it's really 
interesting that they have that conversation on the show too. Whether you wanted to use this as a learning opportunity for young adults to say, here's how you can have this conversation respectfully with people who have Mm -hmm. different opinions than you, or, you know, how do you think about these things? I I think that's valid and it's Mm. a good topic to bring up and why not do it coming from characters who question it, think about it. The mom who's just all in. Yeah. Yeah. Gives you balance. Well, speaking of the, the idea of, of things being presented for audience acceptance. Um, there was something that I, I, I want to get everyone's take as to whether or not I'm just being a little bit too spiky about this. When it came down to the whole discussion of Luke having no birthday and that being brought up over and over and over and over and over and over and over through the course of this episode in various contexts, sometimes it's a matter of the, of having the, the, the closer, mother and son moment well not really mother but the (laughs) caretaker and child moment or whether it's a matter of just trying to explain to luke what uh, astrology is all about or any of those things i felt that that was getting laid on a little bit thick and really telegraphed the solution the moment they started pulling people by their zodiac oh yeah I, I think you should have mentioned it like at the very beginning when they're all filling out the cards. He's like, I have no birthday. I have no Zodiac sign. And then not mention it again until the end. Yeah, because I was just worried that I was just being a little bit too critical or just holding too high of a standard for what is just a YA show. And I, I should have just let that slide because maybe you do need to mention things a few times so that it's retained by the target audience over the course of the plot development. But I don't think it's wrong to use it as a further development of he and Sarah Jane's relationship, though. And it kind of put, it also allowed you to have their conversation where he's sitting on the couch being a little bit mopey. He turns it around. And then at the end, it's the button on the whole story to say, okay, you can have a party. It's about celebrating you and the presents and the gifts. And it's also about him being different. Mm -hmm. It's focused on the birthday thing, but I don't feel like that's out of place because he's had those same questions and concerns in the past where he's, I'm so different. And sometimes it's a really good thing for him. Very rarely is it such a negative thing for him personally. And this is one of those times where it really hit home for him that he is outside of literally everyone on the planet. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fair. And I think revealing it with him touching Clive and you don't see that that's the first thing, maybe. They they did that right in the fact that like just when he touches him, it wasn't an instant thing. And it wasn't like they did. They didn't focus on his hand as he touched his shoulder. So it it did kind of leave that like, oh, oh, that's right. He did do that right beforehand, didn't he? So Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't. That part wasn't telegraphed, but yes, having, having it brought up over and over again, and then everyone going by the Zodiac and Ronnie being like, once he gets to, you know, Aries or whatever, like it's, you know, that's, I'm going to get lost too. And you know, that, that continual hammering on it did kind of, you know, really set the stage there. Yeah. We weren't surprised when that was the clue, the final Mm. thing, however, how they revealed it just in those few frames Mm -hmm. of. Yeah, he did touch it. Then he broke the barrier that she was just able to touch. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're 
completely spread out around the four corners of having their yep. zodiac signs. <laughs> <laughs> Strictly mm. coincidental. What would no this show be if they hadn't already discussed their birthdays on another episode and put them all in the same month, right? <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I don't know. But a good story all around. I think the the show is continuing to, to tick along really nicely. And even mm-hmm. though we're dealing with adversaries here where the acting can be a little over the top, and, and I mean, Martin Truman is way out there some of the some of the 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 overacting level meter uh was just pegged from scene to scene but it it still works it works i think in shows like this you have to have a little bit where they're almost caricature-y otherwise it becomes too serious Mm. potentially for those younger viewers and this this did kind of like it served the character too where you see him at first and he's fumbling and he's like oh well no it's at uh you know the the moon and and mercury is doing this and that and just fumbling trying to get it out and then becoming you know it's all legit to him and he has that kind of showmanship mentality already so it would get cranked up to 11 so it, it really did kind of fit the character here but yes it was Olympic pole vole levels of going over, over the bar. <laughs> I think to a certain degree that that's to be expected in the fact that you are now starting to bring your viewers, younger viewers out of their cartoon viewing and mm-hmm. seeing things that have been these sort of hyper represented, represented emotions and reactions and speech man and mannerisms and things. And now you're getting them really invested in live action but it has to be really action in order to hold their interest for more than about 22 minutes. Yeah, even in the quiet scenes where they're sitting, they're moving, they're doing the stand up, look out the window, do this other thing. Oh yeah, there's a lot of blocking. I can't imagine what those director's notes look like. All right, I I can't just sit here and have a conversation over a cup of tea. No, you've got to get up and walk around the couch three times. (laughs) And the one last thing I'll say on that too, is, I, I personally think about this kind of stuff and maybe it's just me and I'm weird, but... When they start showing the woman in every scene where he's at, where's she sleeping? Why isn't she left that house? Like, they're always wearing the same clothes. It's multiple days later, same outfits, hanging out in the house, just up in his little room. Does mm-hmm. he not have a rest of his house? What's going on there? I just want to know. He was you know, rising in popularity, and yet he couldn't you know, get some better furniture, you know, it's clean only up been his two flat months. Oh. Yeah, it all happened real quick. I mean, it was uh-huh. real fast, Oof. but still, like, I get that it's the costume, but change up that jacket. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have a good costuming budget, but. Get a nice house robe when you're just kicking it around the <laughs> yeah. place. Yeah. All in all, how are we feeling about the, the show as it's progressing into its second season? I mean, I'm still loving it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm enjoying yeah, it. Sure. Yeah, it's still a lot of fun. Definitely fun. I will keep watching it. Not just because we do this, but like also I like it. <laughs> I was going to say, that was going to make future podcast episodes awkward if you were like, I'm stopping. Mm. <laughs> I've seen this already once. Right. I'm okay, guys. It's okay. You keep going. <laughs> So we do want to thank our listeners. They came through for us uh, on a couple of different formats, a couple emails, some tweets, some some comments, um, both Instagram and Facebook this time around to let us know. And it was not unanimous, but it was by majority rule. I, I, I do not want to call it a slim majority. It was a fairly substantial lead, but everyone did give a justification for their response. Michelle Gomez will advance in the master's bracket into the semifinals for the tournament of time. 
Why don't we make the listeners always decide and then we don't have to make the tough choices? <laughs> we can just give our valid points and then say, all right, everybody vote. Your turn. Yeah, then we can complain about how they got it wrong. <laughs> that Yeah, that's going to make them much happier. Well, much, yeah. much happier. I'd, I, I was going to say, like, this this news makes me incredibly happy. But then I remembered, like, oh, this this means that she's got to go up against Ainley, Ainley. I believe. Yeah, yep. And that's just oh, I'm not ready so, for this. Yeah, so we won't touch those semifinals for a little while. We'll get some <laughs> we'll get some other conversations out of the way before we have to go back and broach that painful one. Um, Jay, I am going to lob this next one directly into your court to help me better understand because this is actually a uh, you know when it comes to uh, card based deck based. Um, this, this is some, this is a game format that I'm not as familiar with or as comfortable with, but I'm willing to learn for this very reason. <laughs> so I, I will apologize now. Nobody is getting birthday gifts or Christmas gifts or anything next year because all of my money is going to Wizards of the Coast since they have announced that there will be a Doctor Who Magic the Gathering expansion. Okay. This is... They, with Magic the Gathering, they've done a lot of different, um, <laughs> a lot of different like worlds and things like that, and they're starting to branch out beyond the the stuff that is Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering High and fantasy like stuff. Yeah, yeah, and okay. uh, they're they've also announced a Lord of the Rings set that they're doing next year, as well as Doctor Who, and uh, so they're really starting to branch out here. But the artwork for these are absolutely amazing and. Uh, this will actually uh, feature the 14th Doctor as well. So, so somebody is going to know, some artist out there and a handful of proofers and editors will know what the 14th Doctor's outfit is going to look like before the rest of us do. Well, yeah. when, when are these decks hitting stores announced, supposedly? There is no set date yet. Uh, the, the loose date that they said is 2023. Yeah, somehow but, yeah. in conjunction with the 60th anniversary season. And I, I would imagine that sometime in the mid-23, mid we may know what his look is going to be. They'll do an introduction yeah. cut or something to something say that like he's, that. yeah. Or it's going to be similar to what was happening with Jody, where we only saw, well, as we had with a lot of the, the, the regens, where it was a matter of you see them wearing their predecessors, <laughs> ratty ill-fitting ill clothes for a couple of episodes mm, but do you know how good he would look in that still yeah i think he could pull <laughs> yeah, that off that. it's totally fine right he could yeah. just grab the hotel bathrobe and just look fantastic it's like ah, no but i'm saying got, specifically <laughs> in 13th's outfit yeah. the suspenders yeah. would fit a little different but i would watch that mm -hmm. that's true yep it's gonna be a great first episode Mm -hmm. But I, my question for you is, it said that this was going to be something where there are commander decks and boosters. I understand boosters. Yeah. I've heard about this because <laughs> this is something that um, that gets uh, gets sort of appended to, uh, to 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 existing starter sets. What's a commander deck? So commander decks are. It, this is a new style of playing where the deck is kind of, um, from what I understand, it's it's more of a pre built kind of thing where these are all legitimate Magic the Gathering cards. They'll still play in the regular game as is, but they are specifically built to be part of a commander deck, which is a different style of play. Um, so it, I, I'd, I'll be honest, I haven't gotten into this too much yet, but with this news, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely jumping in feet first. Fair. The, um, 
the thing that I caught across the news over this past week, actually, that has a bit of corroboration that I'm, I'm really pleased about. I had seen an article that was going by maybe about seven or eight days ago that was a conversation with um, the uh, casting director, a gentleman by the name of had his name, uh, Andy Pryor. He has been uh, RTD's casting director for a number of projects, and they're, they're sort of, they, they understand each other. RTD conveys what his vision is. Andy goes out and has has the the keen eye to be able to find that individual. And his conversation was actually discussing uh, representation, uh, diversity, and 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 specifically had a lot to say about using uh, disabled actors in disabled roles rather than having somebody try to portray someone who is a, a, a person with various disabilities to say well, why wouldn't you just cast? And we've seen that done within the flux season. And so that conversation went by. It was an interesting article, uh, interesting interview. And then the Mirror has actually been floating a rumor. Well, it's not really a rumor. They've been noticing some details that have a lot of uh, credibility to them regarding uh, an actor by the name of Rose Ailing Ellis. Um, two seasons on EastEnders. Who hasn't worked on EastEnders? It's kind of like the law and order of, of the UK. Um but was also a, a winner on Strictly Come Dancing, you know, the show that always beats Doctor Who for ratings, that one. Um, but she has decided to walk away from her role after two seasons, and within the same week of that announcement, starts following RTD, <laughs> Shuti, and casting director Andy Pryor on Instagram. So, the prevailing theory right now is we may be looking at our next companion yeah it, it looks like that is how we're going and it, it we're we're reaching that point when announcements like that would likely start coming out it's a little bit weird since we've got the 60th anniversary coming up and that's mm-hmm. not it's not going to be a typical episode but right there's definitely something i mean there yeah it's it could be valid but the corroboration in that in time with what I was saying earlier about the the interview with Pryor is that uh, that Ailing Ellis is a deaf actor and would potentially mm-hmm. be the first uh, deaf companion or the first uh, disabled companion to be represented on the TV series. We have had companions in in Doctor Who uh, in other formats uh, that have been in a wheelchair and, and carrying other disabilities. But that's this is this could be huge. Yeah, um, and. She's extremely eloquent, well-spoken. She's really, really affable. I've been watching a couple of interviews with her. Um, she was actually uh, one of the first representatives uh, to be able to come forward. Uh, I guess Mattel had done a, a Barbie line where uh, Barbie had uh, hearing aids. And she came forward and she was speaking about the fact that, yeah, I used to I used to buy my bar- Barbie dolls and I would use markers to draw hearing aids on the back of their ears because I wanted them to look more like me or, or something that I could play with. And so... Just, just a really, really uh, uh, fascinating step forward. If this is to be, if this is to prove to be true next year, so excited about that. But before we get to that, let us not lose sight of the fact that we still have another special coming up, and it will actually be here this year. Remember this year? Remember twenty twenty two? We're all trying to forget twenty twenty two. It's still happening. It's not quite Oops, done I've yet. Got, yeah. Not off the train. I've gotten so used to waiting like, you know, three and a half years between episodes of Doctor Who. So yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's easy to forget. The 
uh, again, the mirror, who I'm, I'm willing to say that there is a certain degree of crow on my plate that I have to consume because they have been improving the accuracy of their wild statements as of late. But they've also been toning down the bombastic nature of the things that they, that they rumor. Um, they've been putting a little bit more fact behind the behind the fiction, and they. Well, what? when you get fed some fictions from RTD, it's a little bit uh, yeah. easier to <laughs> say, "Hey, the we one got the source." Giving them a ringy dingy and saying, "Hello, hello," <laughs> yeah, which he has confirmed, right? So, yeah, I can't really fault them all the time anymore. But the the article was starting out, and, and it's the it's the the lead on this thing is that uh, somehow over the course of the uh, the centenary special that we'll be receiving towards the end of this year, that uh, Jody's going to be going through costume changes, and that our thirteenth Doctor is going to be wearing a lot of pieces that pay tribute to previous iterations of the Doctor, which is cool, right? I'm totally psyched about that. We all cosplay. Why can't they do it on screen? I'm fine with it. Yeah. Jody Sport and some celery, um, the checkered pants for Patrick Troughton and and so on, right? There's 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 a litany of things that they're saying may potentially uh come to screen as uh over the course of this of this uh this episode, the special. But they also mentioned the fact that there have been a lot of cameos that will be happening. Some have been kept very, very secret. Some the BBC has officially announced, like we will see Tegan and Ace again. Uh, as a result of the the things that they've they've officially released and, and have shared with us and said, there's more to come. Great. All for it. And then they just included this one little bit that gives us this uh, little button uh, directly from Chibnall that says that f- regarding all of these people who are going to be making these appearances, that they will be helping the doctor fight on three fronts against her her deadliest enemies, the Master, Daleks, and Cybermen. That's a lot. So... Yeah, we've addressed the Centaurans in in flux already, right? They they went right. kerploofed, but apparently so did the uh, the Daleks and Cybermen. Daleks got a little bit of a reprise. Um, Cybermen were sort of off the grid, but if the Master's back, and we still had last time we saw the Master, that was all involved with the Cybermasters that he had developed back on Gallifrey. Yeah, the Cyber Time Lords. Yeah, so maybe that's not completely off the table yet either, because they looked wicked. I wanted more of those things. They looked amazing. Cybermen with Time Lord guts. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if they're if they would bring back the the Cyber Masters just because it's it, it's you have to expect that people are going to be coming back for this, even though they may have tapped out because it's, it's a big deal. You know, you're, you're getting the new doctor. We're getting, you know, uh, you know, it's a special and things like that. So trying to bring back elements of episodes that a lot of people probably skipped may not be the way to go. I, I suspect that we're probably just going to get a run of the mill Cybermen in whatever iteration they are, but it's, it's just, it's going to be just Cybermen. I think Bill you Potts. could bring back the Cyber Time Lords <laughs> and just kind of quickly explain like, oh, Master made these when he was back on Gallifrey and not have to go too much into what that story was because they look so cool. You could, and it's, yeah. It's not unlike Chibnall to say, no, it's your fault if you didn't follow along <laughs> with my complex storyline. And Valid. it's a it's a push to get people to go back 
to try to push people to go back through and revisit these episodes that were in the recent history. Yeah. So, provided assuming you know they can find them, find them. <laughs> <laughs> you Zing. all owe each other drinks of some kind. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, it, it, again, um, it, not that I had lost interest in any way with what we're going to be receiving this fall, but this gives me a new level of, of anticipation and expectations for this because I want to know who are the secret cameos. I want to know how are they going to handle within a single special that I still don't think the running times, as far as any indication, is it going to be anything more than maybe a little over an hour? Give me a movie is what I'm saying. I wouldn't be surprised. I would <laughs> think that Knuckles, they would want Pops, to... Cracks, Knuckles, Pops, Popcorn, I am ready. Because we're coming up on September now. So say we get this thing by November. Then that's... I would think that now would be a great time to start saying that this is going to be a two-hour extravaganza or something like right. that. Or a 97-minute you know, extra special. But give us a number like that because that says, okay, that's going to give us some time to chew on all of this gristle that <laughs> Chibnall has given us for the past season and a half. Do we know that it's November or are they going to do I, something yeah. like Halloween again? Not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, if they was... haven't. But the, the fact that even if we're looking at late November, the fact that we are 13 weeks out at most and we don't know anything is this is part of what has been the issue with Chibnall's run pretty much the whole time. You know, the, yeah. we've gotten all kinds of news looking at the 60th anniversary and the you know series 14 and things like that. We've got plenty to talk about a year and a half down the road, mm -hmm. but we don't have anything looking at the next two months. So hopefully this is a, a, a sig signal that things are changing. It's if you needed a clearer indication of the of the difference between showrunner to showrunner. I mean, there's there's a there's the element. That show is right there in the title. <laughs> I'm just what? Saying, you mean I'm responsible for the show? You can't, you can't just take show? it and run with it. Emotional damage. <laughs> All right, well, next time we come back, we will be going back to our classic rewatch with uh, Frontios. Frontios, yes, the, the deadly planet. Deadly in so many respects. That sounds like a series. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I was going to say it sounds like a type of chip. <laughs> yes. Or you just crisp. You just don't want to get down to the bottom of the bowl. Mm -hmm. nope. This has been episode 476 of Gallifrey Public Radio. Until next time, this is Jay saying, you know, my, my horoscope said that I was just going to have to sit the next one out. I'm sorry. Um, just telling you now. Okay. And this is Kier saying, well, thankfully, the secret of my cameo in the upcoming special has yet to be leaked to the media. So I... This is Julie saying, well, when Mercury is in retrograde and Jupiter is in the fifth house, I'm gonna figure that out the next day <laughs> uh and this is Haley saying maybe our next game will be assigning all of the doctors a zodiac sign oh god <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time hello z cheers bye thanks for joining us for another episode of gallifrey public radio want to keep the conversation going you can find us on twitter facebook 
Instagram, and YouTube, or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at gallifreypublicradio.com. You can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477. That's 754-CALL-GPR, and you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show. Everything's got to end sometime, otherwise nothing would ever get started. Join us next week for a brand new episode. Copyright 2022. See you next week.